in Kevin, I guess. I don't know. All right, if you would open your Bible to Matthew 7, chapter 7, verse 7 through 12. The next five weeks, I am going to be talking about five things to live by, which is pray, live, tell, serve, and give. So it's pretty simple, but um, the next five weeks we're going to be talking about that. Tonight we're going to be talking about prayer. So, um, Matthew 7, verse 7 through 12. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if a son asks for bread will give him a stone, or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. The title of my message tonight is, Knock, Knock, Who's There? Um... When I was growing up, when I was growing up, y'all ever heard jokes? I heard your mama jokes. Like, your mama's so fat, it takes both, she rolls out of both ends of the bed. Or, you know what, your mama's so fat that she sat on, on a, on some Skittles and a rainbow came out. Or, you know what, your mama's teeth are so yellow that they're used for caution lights. You know, okay, okay, okay. Those are pretty crude and pretty pretty bad, okay? So I'm not making fun of any mamas out there. I love mamas. But, you know what? Also when I was growing up, Jeff Foxworthy became really, really famous for his redneck jokes. You might be a redneck if... You make change in the offering. Or, you might be a redneck. I know, that's funny, isn't it? You might be a redneck if... There you go. If you mow your lawn and find three cars. See, Katie's right here with me. Um, you might be a redneck if you take your fishing pole to SeaWorld. Okay? You might be a redneck. We're famous jokes when I was growing up. That was sort of the, the, the crave. And then the last jokes are legendary. And you probably said it when you were a kid. Um, knock, knock. Who's there? Say who? And usually somebody says who. And then you say boo. And then you say boo hoo. No need to cry. Or, or knock knock, orange. Aren't you glad I'm done telling jokes? That was funny. Anyways, that was a knee slapper. Okay, well, as y'all know, I am not the comedian. But in our in our text tonight. The first part was asking you to receive. 
The first kind of prayer that Jesus simply teaches us is asking for what we need. So maybe you are in need of a friend right now. Maybe you are in need of somebody, a Christian friend, to come alongside you. You know, maybe you are in need of direction for your life. Maybe you're, you're seeking out, some of y'all are fixing to be seniors, where am I going to go to college, what am I going to do? Or some of y'all are in junior high, you know, okay, all my credits start counting, so I better make good grades or, or, or whatever. So you're needing direction. Or maybe your home life is just in shambles. And you know what? Maybe you just need God to give you peace and comfort, and and reassurance to know that He is there. You know? Or, maybe maybe none of that really hits you. Maybe What if you were going to reach your campus, and maybe you're asking God to give you boldness, just like He gave Paul. You know, Paul even asked for boldness. He, he wrote three-fourths of the New Testament. I think last week I said two-thirds, but I really think it was Works of the New Testament. Um, you know what? You'll need you'll need to ask God to open people to to open up their hearts to your faith, to take blinders off their eyes so they can see. But so first thing we have to do is ask. Speaking of asking, let me ask you this: Is there anything wrong? with asking God for what you need in life. Now, of course, Scripture also says that according to God's will is what how you should ask. Asking God for a million dollars, I don't really think maybe that would be God's will. You know, asking God to change your F to an A because you didn't study is probably not God's will. Um, but whatever we ask for, It'll be given to us. Because God loves his children. It says in verse 9 and 11, Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? God loves to give gifts to his children. The reason is because he is a good God. You know, how many of y'all have ever asked your parents for something? You know, how many of y'all have ever asked for something and got it the first time? Something really of value, not just, you know, a candy bar at the store, but like something like a new car or, or a, a new gadget or gizmo that you've asked for. Um... You know, most of the time, our parents, when we ask for something, they give it to us because they trust us. You know, if you've been really good, then you really you usually get good things. If you're really bad, then they're probably like, not right now, child, because you did this wrong. And, and, and no, 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 because you're, you're, you decided to kill that fly on the windshield when I told you not to, or, or whatever. Silly. But, you know, usually, you get good gifts when you obey. 
the scripture says that even evil people know how to give good gifts. Even the evil people. So, like, probably like the worst sinner at your school or that you know of, that's a parent or a teacher knows how to give good gifts to their kids. Um, see, there's a story in Matthew 20 about a blind man, and his name was Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus came to Jesus in Matthew 20 and said, What do you want me to do for you? He was asking Jesus this. Now that you should, you know, now that you should have been obvious, right? Um, what he said should have been obvious. You know, Jesus should have responded, Hello, you're blind. You know, hello, I can't see. Um, you know, but Jesus wanted Bartimaeus to ask. He didn't, he didn't want him just to assume, Okay, well, you're blind, so I'm going to heal you. No, he wanted him to take that step of faith to ask him, for what he was in need of. You know, that that's the first level, is asking God. See, imagine, imagine Jesus standing here and asking you the same question he asked Bartimaeus. What do you want me to do for you? How would you respond? You know, how would you respond? What do you want me to do for you? If you're asking Jesus, what do you want me to do for you? But Jesus is asking, what do you want me to do for you? You know, how would you respond? You know, and that's that's what I want you all to do tonight. Interactive. So here, I want you to take a 3 by 5 card. And Jesus is asking you, what do you want me to do for you? You need a pen. Rachel's got tons of pens in her purse because she's the pen queen. And so the question is, what do you want God to do for you? First level of prayer. Nathan's coming around with some pins. Might have a couple in my pocket here. There's a red pen for all you teachers out there. What do you want me to... Oh, there you go. Anybody else you can pack up? What do you want me to do for you? That's the question. Okay? What do you want Jesus to do for you? You can ask for anything. If you want to ask for a new car, go ahead. I don't know if that would be God's will, but, you know. Or you know what? Maybe you want to ask that your, your, your parents would get along. Or maybe you want to ask for you to get the right teacher. Or maybe you want to ask that you get that, that hot mama girlfriend that you've always wanted. You know? It worked for me. I got Rachel. 
You know, unlimited, you can ask for whatever you want. You don't have to necessarily be serious. It can be if you need it to be. I'm going to go ahead. The next level is seek so that you can find. Okay, so the first level of prayer was asking God. So pretty much you're, you're seeking God out for his hand. What, what are you going to do for me, God? How are you going to work out this in this situation? What, what are you going to do? So, so the first thing is pretty much you're seeking his hand. In Matthew 7, 7, it says, Seeking so that you can find is the next level. This level of prayer is more than just asking God to meet your needs. If you're not careful, your whole prayer life will be about coming to Jesus to answer all your prayers. And we said, God loves to answer prayer, and so then He loves to give good gifts. However, what if you had a friend, Lucas, and all your friend ever did was say, you know what, Lucas, give me a ride to McDonald's. Okay, Lucas, buy me a Big Mac. You know what, Lucas, um, you know, I want to go to Taco Bell today, and, and I want a Chalupa, you know, or, or you know what? Take me to the pool today, Lucas, because I want to go swimming. Lucas, I want ice cream. Ice cream. You know? What if you had a friend that all they ever did was ask? You know? That's all they ever did is ask me. Take me here. Take me there. Give me this. Give me that. You know? At some point, you would get sick of that friend constantly asking you for stuff. You know, I'm not saying that God gets sick of us asking for stuff because He doesn't. God is a good God and He gives good gifts. But what I am saying is hopefully you can move past the level of asking and on to the level of seeking. See, because you know what? Who we spend time with the most is who we start being like. You know, when I got married, I used to never, ever, ever wear stripes. Never. I didn't have any stripes in my closet. Didn't have any, you know, no striped shirts. Nothing. Now you go and look at my closet. Every polo I have has a stripe on. I have maybe one or two, almost every. Every polo I have. You know what happened is I married Rachel. And Rachel, she loves stripes. You know what? And some of y'all maybe maybe you dress like your favorite rock band or you 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 dress like who you want to be like. You know? Um, I know when I play basketball I always wanted the long shorts so I could be cool and hip and hopefully it would help me with shoot hoops it never did but it was always worth a try you know I wanted the latest Nike shorts and Nike shoes 
so I could fit in and be cool. You know, and what happens is who we hang out with is who we become. So if we're hanging out with that, whether that's good or that's bad, that's who we become. So hopefully y'all are hanging out with good people. But the same thing is, is, is true with God. You know what? If you seek God and seek His presence, the more you seek Him, the more you become like Him. The more you seek Him, the more you become like Him. You know, you, you move past the level of just asking Him for something. You go to the next level of seeking Him. See, the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. You know, if you seek Him, you, He may not give you what you were looking for, but you'll get something even greater than you never intended to find. You know what? How about your campus? How about you seeking God for your campus? Or seeking God for that lost friend that you work with or you hang out with? You know, if you continue to seek God for those things, then He's going to soften your heart and He's going to give you a heart of compassion for those people. He's going to give you a heart of, of flesh to... To try to reach those people. You know, and maybe maybe you seek God and and you're seeking him for for security or or, or so you can hang out with the coolest people or, or whatever and and through that process you realize that your security isn't found in people but it's found in him. So your security is not not found in and who, 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 whose group you get to fit in, but your your security's found in Him. You know, I realized that for my life. I realized that my security wasn't found in in all my Christian friends or my Christian buddies. It was found in Him. Because it took me messing up a bunch of times and doing a lot of stupid stuff to realize that what I did didn't matter to God. He still loved me no matter what. He, ma- he, he loved me so much that, you know, He died on the cross. He sent His one and only Son to die on the cross for me. So, you know what? Maybe you've done a lot of stupid stuff or whatever. You know what? When you seek God and seek His true wisdom and you have people pouring into your life, it's going to speak truth into your life, then God is going to reveal His plan for you. He's going to reveal what He wants for your life. So the first level, the first level is, we ask pretty much with our hands second level is we're asking with our head. We're seeking God's mind for what He wants. Not what we want anymore. Goes to the next level. It's what you want for my life, God. You go from asking, give me, give me, give me, to, okay, God, what do you want in my life? And then the 
the, the last level is knock and the door will be open. See, level three touches the heart of God. Level three of prayer touches the heart of God. In Matthew 7, 7, it says, Knock and the door will be open. See, you just simply want to be with Him. You know, I know the most intimate times with Rachel are when we get to hang out. It doesn't happen very often these days. But it's when we get to hang out. No agenda. No no perceived notions. We just get to be friends. You know, I know that I know my parents like it now that I live so far away when I just go and see them just because. You know, I'm going to a Cardinal game this weekend to, to spend with my spend time with my dad just because I love him. Little Cardinal. But yes, some of y'all are booing me in your head. Um, some of y'all are Sox fans and Cubs fans. I'm sorry. Uh, please don't hold it against. But, you know what? I know that my, my, my parents love it when I just go and spend time with them, just to spend time with them. You know, there are certain friends that you have in your life, perhaps your teammates that you always do something with, or your workmates that, that you hang out with. But you know what? Those close friends, usually invite them into your home. You know, you might have a sleepover, you might do do something like that, or you might have them over for lunch or whatever, but your closest friends, you usually invite them into your house. So, God wants us to focus on being with Him, just not doing things with Him or for Him. See, Revelation 3.20 says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. You know, most of the time when we, when we say that scripture or we say that verse, we're usually talking about somebody that's lost, somebody that doesn't know God, somebody that needs to know God, and we're saying, okay, God's knocking at your heart's door, let him in. But if you actually took the verse back to Jewish custom and what it really meant, it, it, it does mean that, you know, what God's knocking at your heart, let him in for salvation. But it also means, you know what? Come fellowship with me. Come be with me. You know, he's saying, invite me into your house. You know, let me come sit at your kitchen table and eat with you. He's saying, knock, knock, and you're saying, who's there? And then you let him take you to a greater and deeper place in your life. When is the last time you had a quiet time just to be with Jesus? No hidden agendas. No asking him to, 
to do something for you, not seeking him, so so you know what to do next, or, or how it's all, uh, all going to work out. But when was the last time you just were with him, just to be with him? You know, when you just sought his heart, you weren't concerned about your agendas, you weren't concerned about about anything else but just knowing his heart. You know, the reason is because you learn to walk in the Spirit and keep your mind focused continually in prayer with God. If you walk in the Spirit, you will keep your mind completely focused in prayer on God. Your light for Him will shine bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's and as you seek His heart and you seek His will, it will be like gasoline pouring on a fire to make a huge blaze. And that blaze will, will shine. People around you will wonder what's different about you. People will wonder what's going on in, in your life. You know, when I was graduating from high school, it's probably sort of corny and I look back on funny. But my graduating class knew I was saved. They knew that I walked with God. And we were we were doing our little practice run through graduation and all that fun stuff. And in Arkansas, you're still allowed to pray at graduation. I don't think that happens up here. But we were still allowed to pray at graduation. So they asked me to pray. Because they knew that I loved God and they knew that something was different about me. Out of 80-some-odd students, they could ask anybody else to pray. And once they got on the stage, I sort of wish they would have. So I said, Dear Jesus God, about 500 times. But my light shined so bright that they knew something was different about John Kelly. You know, can people say that about you? Can people look into your life and recognize that you have the heart of God, that that you are are God's carrier of light to a darkened world. So, my closing challenge for you this week is: first, I want you to have three quiet times or or three prayer times, whatever you want to call them. And the first prayer time. I just want you to ask God for whatever you want. You know, just ask Him. Whatever you want. The second prayer time, I just want you to seek God to, sh- to show you something new that you've never seen before or heard about His ways or in His Bible. And Lastly, I want you to have a quiet time. Read a psalm or two. Focus your thoughts on God and just be with Him. Just sit before Him without necessarily saying anything, but keeping your mind from distraction. Keeping your mind completely focused on Him. That's my, my challenge for you this week.
You know what? Let me read or quote Revelation 3.20 again. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. You know what? My question tonight for you is this. Are you going to say yes? Are you going to say yes to God and, and let him come in and eat with you? Are you going to say yes and let him talk to you? To, to be your friend? Or are you going to just try to figure it out yourself? Are you going to try to do things in your own strength, in your own power? Just to continually ask for him. Are you going to seek his will, but then, you know what, you're going to do your own thing? It's really hard sometimes. I know it is for me to, you think you already got everything already figured out in your life, and then God throws you a curveball and says, no, that's not the way we're going. We're going to do something else. You know? And, I mean, it's even happened here. I mean, I, I came to be a children's pastor, and now I'm a youth pastor, you know? But you know what? My ways are not always his ways. You know, he has a bigger picture in store. He knows what he's doing. So, you know what? How many of you here are feel like God is knocking at your heart and you want to be closer to him? How many of you are ready to say yes and make a commitment to ask, to seek, and to knock? I'm just going to pray for you tonight that you would ask and you would seek and you would knock. Dear Jesus, I thank you for every person in this room. I pray right now as your word has been delivered, God, as we learn about five things or five commitments to draw you, to draw us closer to you, that God, prayer would be at the front, Lord, because that's, that's the way we communicate with you. That's the way we talk to you. Lord, just like we're talking to our best friend, God. God, no matter what's going on in our lives, God, no matter if we have to continually ask you, or God, if we're, if we're beyond that, we're moving to a different level and we're seeking you, Lord. Or God, maybe we just need to spend time with you. Maybe we just need to lose all the agendas that, that we have and we just need to seek your heart and know your heart, Lord. Your heart for people, your heart for the lost. God, thank you that, that you are moving on this generation, that you are moving on this youth group, Lord. God, this week that these teenagers would take the challenge, that God, that they would truly seek your hand, Lord, that they would seek your mind, and God, that they would seek your heart. God, we thank you that you go before us and that you help us in everything we do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, hang out. We're going to be doing Get Smart.